Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Star Blades. I'm Steve Jones, and I'm joined by our Sheffield United reporters, James Shield and Danny Hall. So there was no dream start for Slavisa Jukanovic. Was there a touch of frustration about Saturday, James? Uh, well, yeah, clearly, uh, because they'll have wanted to uh, to win the game and get the Jukanovic era off to a off to a successful start. But I think, to be honest, it was exactly the game that I was probably expecting, and probably. I would imagine 90% of the other people who were, were in the ground or following events from afar. Uh, you could see that one team had had a pre-season and that one team hadn't. And I think the fact that Sheffield United hadn't had a, a pre-season to speak of uh, will affect them possibly more. I know this is something we've said an awful lot recently, especially when we've been talking about fans being locked out of grounds. But I think at this stage of their development under Jukanovic, it will affect them more than than, than possibly most. Uh, he's clearly a manager who wants to change things around. He's clearly a manager who works, uh, you know, his plays very, very hard on the training ground. And that's something that they've not had an opportunity to do. Of course, they had to lock their, their facility because of a COVID outbreak. So they lost 10 days there. They lost uh, a couple of pre-season games they were due to play behind closed doors at the academy. And I think with all due respect, and I do genuinely mean that to Europa point, uh, they were supposed to play Braga in their first game. I don't think you can compare those two teams. So they've effectively only had one dress rehearsal for the game against Birmingham, which was against Doncaster Rovers. And it showed. It showed. It really did. Uh, I think there was no shortage of effort. That's obviously the very least you can expect from a professional footballer. But just some of the, uh, the details that Jukanovic will be wanting from his team in terms of how they'll go about things were were missing. So I'm I'm not surprised. I'm 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 really not. I think we said last week it's probably going to be uh, perhaps a slower start than some people would like, but I'm sure they'll get it right in the end. Danny, how long do you think it's going to take before they can get up to speed and, and we can properly start making a judgment on this team? Well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? You know, no one knows how quickly they're going to get up to speed and how, you know, when this team is going to be in full flight. Uh, as James said there, I think he's spot on, you know, nobody, I imagine, would be surprised that, you know, the, the start has been slow, you know, as he touched on there. It's going to take time to get used to the methods of the new manager, you know, because they're quite different. Obviously, there's a change of shape on, <clears throat> excuse me, a change of shape on Saturday, you know. Sheffield have not played a back four for a hell of a long time, isn't it? So, that was bound to take a little bit of getting used to as well. Um, adding that, you know, I don't I can't remember the last time a Sheffield United manager won his first game in charge when it was the first game of the season. It seems to be a, a uniquely Sheffield United thing that, you know, it always ends. It always starts very slowly, no matter who, who's in charge. Um, like I said, you know, the, that lack of time on the training ground will make a difference. I think Slavisa, to his credit, is, is intent on not using it as an excuse. You know, I think a lot of managers would take that and run with it in terms of, you know, saying, you know, I've had so little time with these players on the training ground, you know, that's why we're maybe not up to speed yet so far. But to be fair to him, you know, it is not he's not taking that taking that chance using use it as an excuse. But I think, you know, it definitely should play in play a part in in kind of people's uh opinions of Saturday. You know, there was a lot of a lot of frustration around the place. Uh, you know, both in the ground and on, you know, social media afterwards talking to people, you know. But as we said, I think we said last week, didn't we? You know, they will start slowly. Or we expected them to start slowly because of all those factors. 
Uh, and just put simply, it's a, it's a long season, isn't it? You know, there's still a hell of a lot of football to be played. Uh, and to see, you know, some people writing the manager off, the players off, you know, the season off already um, is a little bit strange to me, but that's that's football, I suppose. I, I think as well, you've, you've got to factor in, this is, a, this is a really tough gig. And that game was a really tough gig for you, Kanovic, for, for you know, reasons that almost go beyond the football pitch as well. Because let's not forget as well, this, this is a squad of players that hasn't changed, by the way, that is used to getting beat. And, you know, they, they had a, a wretched time of things last season. And, yeah, you know, we, we've had players stand in front of us during pre-season and during the build-up to the Birmingham City game telling us that we're over that, you know, that the self-belief is back, the confidence is back. You know, of course they're going to say that. What, what else can they say? You know, we're, we're on the floor, we don't believe in ourselves, we've got no confidence. Then They're not going to come out and stand in front of the media and, and, and talk in those terms. But, you know... I, Having endured the, the 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 nine months or so that they just have, I, I I don't think for one minute that their self belief and confidence can be back to what it was the uh, the season before last. So I think Slavisa has got to work on their psychology. Uh, I think he'll he'll accept that again. I don't think he'll speak about it it publicly uh, for the reasons that I've just outlined. And the one thing that you never do to professional sports people is give them an excuse either because. You know they they will take that, but it's not just a, a footballing process that we're talking about here. I think it's a, it's a psychological one as well. But they'll they'll get there, and I, I I think history probably shows when you look at his teams in the past that you you're probably looking at about eight or ten games before they really start flying. Obviously, they had a chance to continue that progress on Tuesday night against Carlisle. It was a one nil win thanks to Ryan Brewster's goal, and we'll come on to him in a moment. Danny, there were, I think, five youngsters in the starting eleven. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, five debutants. Yeah. What did you make of Tuesday's game? Um, well, yeah, I don't think when people look back in the the history of Sheffield United, I don't think it'll be the most significant result they've ever had. Uh, but in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of the, the five youngsters you mentioned there, and in terms of, you know, the kind of new era at Bramall Lane, I think getting that first win. You know, it's always. I know it sounds it sounds obvious to say, doesn't it? But that first win is always important to to get underway. You know, the longer it goes on, you know, even go back to Chris's time. You know, he'd have taken a scrappy win in his second game in charge. You know, the longer it goes on, the kind of the bigger the doubts start to grow sometimes, don't they? So, from that point of view, I think it was just important to get that that kind of monkey off the back in terms of that first win. Uh, and then, you know, it'll be a game that maybe a lot of people who were there will have maybe put out of their minds already. But for those five young lads who, who made the debut, you know, I think it'll be one that they look back on in 10, 20, 30 years' time, you know, as, as they look on it very fondly. You know, that first game in front of fans at Bramall Lane, uh, I don't think you ever forget forget taking those first steps on the ladder, no matter how far they go in the game. Uh, and, you know, they all did well as well, I think. You know, there was, I think we'll touch on probably the, the men who impressed us most, but I think Casper... Laporte to the centre half. I think he impressed a lot of people uh, based on the reaction that I've seen from him so far. You know, I think he's 19 years old. I think playing his first senior game, and he just wouldn't have ever, you know, if you parachuted a neutral into that game and said, you know, one of these lads is 19 years old playing his first senior game. I don't think they'd have picked him out. Um, 
you know, in both boxes, he was a he was commanding, which I suppose you would expect for someone who's six foot four. Um, you know, he could have could have marked it with a goal. Uh, it was generally solid all night, and probably the biggest compliment you can pay him is that if he was on the team sheet on Saturday evening at Liberty, uh, I don't think many Blades fans who were there on Tuesday night would be worried. Um, you have Kyron Gordon made a debut as well with his brother Tyler, which will be a nice moment for the for the family. Uh, Zach Brunn, I know, has been desperate to to um, to get on that pitch, and maybe might feel a little bit hard done to privately that he didn't get there last season when. You know, a few young players were given were given opportunities in the first team, um, and yeah, obviously the results the most important thing. But to do it with, I think there's seven academy graduates in the in the squad. Uh, Jemison coming on late on and looking threatening as well. Um, yeah, very positive, positive evening all around. I think. James, how many of those guys did you expect to be in and around the first team this season, and, and will we see a few of them head out on loan? Do you think? Yeah, I think an awful lot. Uh, in terms of where they spend the next part of their, their career, the next phase of their career is going to depend on who comes in. Uh, you saw that and we heard that after the game against Carlisle where, you know, Slavisa was asked about Daniel Jebison's future and clearly they've got an awful lot of centre forwards and the answer, you can boil it down into this. Listen, you know, if <laughs> if most of those stay, I'm going to find it difficult to get him into the starting eleven. Uh, on a regular basis and 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 footballers at that well footballers at any stage of their career but especially when they're learning the game they need games uh so i think i wouldn't be at all surprised to see one or two uh be around the or perhaps two or three be around the first team squad on a on a pretty regular basis this season but i do, i do think the vast majority of them would probably benefit from going out on loan and being able to or being allowed to make their mistakes elsewhere because as well as they've all done uh let's let's be right you know it's a it's a big step up from an EFL cup tie in front of 6000 fans to play in in a championship fixture against possibly 25 to 30 and they will make mistakes and they are raw and they are green uh we didn't necessarily see that from all of them on Tuesday night but you know they are still young players, uh, so I think they. I think the most of them would probably benefit from going out. Uh, so I'm glad to see that happening. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see two or three uh, hanging around. And Casper Laparta, of course, has got a great opportunity of doing that because centre half is a is a priority position, of course, for Sheffield United in this uh, in this window. So I think he's bound to have forced his way into Jukanovic's thinking. And I say that as well, not just because he was physically strong and made his presence felt, as Danny rightly said, in, in both boxes. I thought he had a really good touch on him as well. He had a really good passing range and, you know, a good passing repertoire. And that's something that's obviously going to impress this manager as well. You mentioned transfers there. We'll come on to that in a bit, but we need to talk about the other big talking point of the night. First goal for Rian Brewster after a long, long time. Are we expecting him? Do you think that could propel him into the start on eleven for Saturday? I would be stunned after waiting for so long uh, for his goal. Thirty-one games, of course, without a goal. That was his thirty-second appearance for the club. I'd be, I'd be absolutely stunned if he didn't play on uh, on Saturday, uh, because I think quite rightly, you know, the lad could say, "Well, <laughs> really, yeah. what 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 more can I do to get in the starting eleven? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I fully expect him to uh, to be in the team, uh, and 
I'll tell you what, in terms of can it propel him uh, into a, a more prolific run? Well, in short, and listen, I'm, I'm really delighted to see the kid do it. Uh, but in short, it's going to have to. <laughs> there's, there's no, you know, let, let's let's not dress this up. He's going to have to start scoring goals. That that can't be the first. We can't be waiting another thirty games for a second goal from Rian Brewster because that's no good for him and it's no good for Sheffield United either. So it's going to have to kickstart his career at Sheffield United. I just wonder as well if a fresh start is perhaps what he needed at the football club. And it, it seems ridiculous to talk about that so early into his career at Sheffield United. But I think it was always going to be difficult on reflection for him coming into that team. I remember writing at the time that I really hope this lad's got broad shoulders, even though he's so young, because he was the record signing. You can't get away from the fact that as much as the old regime will have tried to pretend otherwise, people will have been expecting him to come in and save the football club from relegation. He played a handful of games, or less than that, in the, you know, in 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 the top flight and with a top flight side. And it would, and he came into a team that that couldn't buy a win for the first half of the season. So I think it's you know it, it was always going to be difficult for him. But you know this this is a tough game, and and Rian is going to have to make sure this is the start of something much better for him. He's going to have to make sure this is a start of a run because otherwise as well, even with Luis Moussa being out injured again, unfortunately, and you know what, I'll try and be fair to that lad. Perhaps he's a, a victim of having no real pre-season to speak of as well. Uh, but strikers is the one thing that, that Sheffield United aren't short of. So it's not as if the, the coaching staff are, you know, going to be struggling for options if Rian doesn't take this opportunity. Another guy. Almost no, sorry, sorry, Steve, I just want to jump in there. There's almost no, in the best possible way, there's the excuses are not the excuses, might be the wrong word, but they're running out, aren't they? You know, last season when in the Premier League, you can say, you know, United were <clears throat> chasing games a lot of the time, not creating too many chances, you know, Premier League. You know, Rian, Rian has a proven, as, as proven as a player can be from playing 20 odd Championship games. You know, he did score 11 goals in those 22 games for Swansea. So he has that good recent record. Sheffield United are a team that are expected to dominate the ball, create chances this season. So all the kind of reasons last year that you could hold up for Rian not hitting the ground running in the Premier League, they've all kind of gone now, haven't they? So it's really, like you said, it's spot on. It's down to down to the kid now himself, um, you know, and he'll know himself that he has to. I just wonder last season whether there were times when he was almost trying too hard and trying to make things happen and just kind of it. it it's bound to get on you, you know, as much as he'll stand in front of us and say, you know, oh, the price tag doesn't get on, doesn't, you know, weigh heavy on you. And it's bound to, isn't it? You know, even a little bit when it doesn't quite go as, as you would expect it to go. So, uh, you know. You could see that outpouring of emotion on Tuesday night, couldn't you? As, as soon as he, he got the goal, obviously it wasn't the best goal, but it doesn't matter. It, it was uh, clearly a relief to him. I want to move on to another guy who I think, you can probably file under the, this in the same category at the minute, Ollie McBurney. Should we cut him some slack or is he another one who you feel should be doing better? I, I think possibly at the start of last season, you would have been hoping to see Ollie kick on a little bit more. I know there was quite a few people within the game expecting it to be a real breakthrough season for him. But, you know, as we've touched on there with Rian, uh, I think it was always going to be difficult to shine in that team. I mean, obviously, some of the young lads did towards the end of the season. But if you're a, 
an established first team player just just right last season off let's just try and forget all about it but i think in fairness to ollie uh i think he's given up an awful lot of himself for sheffield united in the premier league i can remember sitting down with him in pre-season that you know last summer and he was having a joke. He's, he's, he's joked about it again this week about, you know, if Swansea fans could have seen how many balls I've headed over the past couple of years, you know, they, they, they wouldn't believe it. And I think we've, we've got to put this into context when we talk about this. I think obviously Chris Wilder played Ollie. He, he would probably dispute the fact he was a target man, but I think, you know, in layman's terms, that's effectively what he became. Uh, and they had to do that. I think Chris had to do that. It made sense in the Premier League uh, because they needed a little bit of physicality sort of up top. They needed someone to hold the ball up because they weren't going to be dominating possession against those sides. So Ollie gave up an awful lot of himself for that team. I think what this season offers him, and I think it's a luxury that Slavisa Ikanovic has, has obviously got and, and needs to use to his advantage, is that Sheffield United can, can attack teams an awful lot more this season. They're going to see more of the ball. They're going to be able to dominate, the, you know, or sh realistically expect to dominate the football and uh, and possession. So hopefully what we will see is Ollie McBurney going back to playing the game that actually earned him the move to, to Sheffield United in the first place. And that's obviously being busy. It's running into space. It's running beyond. And it's genuinely making a nuisance of, him, uh, of himself using everything other than uh, just sheer brute force and, and physicality. So I think hopefully it's going to be uh, a good season for Ollie. Yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Danny, would you give McBurney the nod at Swansea this weekend with uh, with Brewster? Um, I'd be tempted to. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, don't think you can underestimate that. Um, Bounce of going back to a to a club that obviously he knows very well in his old you know the club that he uh, they moved to Sheffield United playing for, um, which I, you know I don't think Ollie's the kind of guy who needs you know that extra incentive. I think you know I don't think he's that kind of guy, but you know I think that might just give him that extra uh, you know bit of impetus to kind of go and you know get on the score sheet or you know win the game. Um, I just think going back to what she also said there about the way that he's played, you know, I, I remember watching Ollie play against United. I think he scored for Barnsley when he was on loan. Uh, he scored a brilliant goal. Uh, and then I think he scored against him again for Swansea as well. And he's, just the way that he was playing at that time was completely different to how we've seen him in the United shirt, uh, which is no criticism of anyone or, you know, like, like Jim said there, you know, it is, you kind of play the game in front of you, don't you? And you play a situation that you're, that you're in um but he was always a seemed a player to me who kind of played a little bit drifted off the off the wings a little bit and kind of ran at people uh and i think we saw a little bit of that on on tuesday night but we've not seen too many glimpses of that which i think is a is a byproduct of you know not having too much of the of the ball in the premier league and having the you know having it pumped towards him uh quite a lot of the time um it would be interesting to see if he can recapture that sort of form it'd be interesting to see what is his actual preferred position and what he sees as his best position uh because you know as we saw when he played against united in the past when he picks up that ball and runs at you it's quite an awkward you know gangly rangy awkward kind of player to get the ball off uh, so he does have that 
ability in his locker. I think he's been tagged a little bit as a a bit of a one-dimensional footballer who you know is a is a target man. Um, you know, maybe that's not if you asked him, maybe that he'd say that's not his strength. Maybe he would say to run at people is more how he wants to play football. So if he can get back to that, if Slavisa can get that out of him, you know, there is a a proven a proven championship score in there, uh, which I know was part of the reason Sheffield United brought him in, in the first place. You know, it was a, a low risk siding in terms of, you know, the, the ultimate downside was Sheffield United relegated and they have a striker there who scored 20 odd goals in a championship. That was the worst case scenario in the whole deal. As it worked out, he was the top scorer in the Premier League in a season that they finished ninth and earned untold millions. So it always makes me laugh when I see people saying McBurney's sign has not worked out. And I think what what would be a success in that he's paid for himself many times over and he is now in the championship, a division that he scored a lot of goals in before. So to answer your question, Steve, yeah, I would play him on I'd play him on Saturday. What 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 a will size as well is just quickly, I think it was always going to be difficult for any Sheffield United striker to score a huge amount of goals in the Premier League because I think if we were asking anybody to come in and score 20, 25 goals, I mean, listen, they, they'd be worth a fortune if they did, but 20 million odd quid, let's be right. It might be an awful lot for Sheffield United, but Man City's defence, Chelsea's defence, Arsenal's defence, don't care what Sheffield United transfer record is. That is nothing for a striker in the Premier League. And I tell you what, I bet you if you look at their wages, although I wouldn't mind being a pound behind either of them, uh, their wages are the big, big factor now in terms of judging the true worth of a transfer. That is what gets you the big, big top calibre footballers, especially at the top end of the pitch. What I will say is about Ollie and Rian, and again, it might sound a little bit cruel, it might sound a little bit heartless and cold-hearted, but 20-odd million quid is an awful lot for a championship striker. <laughs> so, you know, they have both got to use... They've, they've got to view Sheffield United's demotion, as it were, on a personal level as an opportunity to really stake their claim and prove one thing. And this is the only thing that concerns me about Sheffield United's recruitment at the top end of the pitch in recent years. And maybe Ollie or Rian, hopefully they will, will go on and prove me wrong. But I think after two seasons as a Premier League football club and having that money, Billy Sharp should should not be the best finisher at this football club anymore. But I still think Billy Sharp is the best finisher at the football club. Don't care how old he is, but he's still the most clinical finisher at that football club. And that is something that Rian Brewster, Ollie McBurney, Oliver Burke, maybe, et cetera, et cetera, we go on, have got to change. Based on form and fitness then, James, who are your top two strikers for United at the minute? Form and fitness, I think. I think you well. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of form and fitness, you can probably just chuck it up in the air and, and see where the pieces <laughs> land. Uh, listen, well, form-wise... If you just take one game into it, yeah, probably you've got to say Rian Brewster. But I, th this is the other thing. It's it, so difficult for the manager to select because none of them are coming into this season in any great form. And an awful lot of them are coming into it without any real fitness either. But 
just turn that on its head. If you're if you're one of those strikers, that is an opportunity. It provides you with an opportunity to really impress the new manager and say, "Listen, one of these one of these shirts up top is mine." But I still go back to it again, and we we talk about everybody but. But I, I I'll say it and I'll say it again. And I'm probably boring the listeners. For me. Depending on how you're playing, Billy Sharp is still the best finisher at that football club. So, you know, let's let's not rule him out just yet. I feel like I didn't dress that question up too well, but we'll move on to transfer. No, no, no. I know exactly how you how, how you meant it, Steve. I just think it, you know, it, it's obviously it's a point worth making about that, just that lack of form and fitness in terms of the attack throughout the whole throughout the whole squad, really. Yeah. On to transfers then, obviously. Femi Sariki's uh, headed out on loan today to, to Beershot in the Belgium A-League. Uh, that seems like a, a really good move for him. We'll come on to that in a second. But first of all, James, is there an update, a further update, an update to the update on Aaron Ramsdale? Yeah, it looks like now. I think Arsenal, uh, they've, they've not given up entirely, uh, but they're clearly looking at other options because they're finding it very, very difficult to, uh, to agree a fee with Sheffield United. And... You know, bizarrely, I find it quite strange that Sheffield United seem to be almost criticised for for doing that. Listen, he's their player; they can sell him for what the hell they want. You know, I mean, Arsenal might want him, but it's not up to Sheffield United to bend and make absolutely nothing out of the deal uh, just because Mikel, Mikel Arteta fancies taking Aaron Ramsdale down to the Emirates Stadium. You know, they owe Bournemouth; uh, there'll, there'll be a sell-on clause. They've got to turn a profit if they do want to sell him. If Arsenal... Listen, it's no secret what Sheffield United value Aaron Ramsdale at. So if Arsenal want him, pay the fee. It's as simple as that. I'm, and I'm saying that objectively. I'm not actually taking... I mean, clearly, you know whose side I would take, but I'm, I'm not taking sides. when that, that That is an objective comment on the deal. That is the valuation. You know what it is. All right, there's probably a little bit of room for manoeuvre around that as there, as there usually is in situations like this. But if you want Aaron Ramsdale, pay the money. It's money that Arsenal can afford to pay, by the way, as well. So let's not be right. You know, they, they've tried to pull Sheffield United's pants down a little bit on this deal as well and, and back them into a corner and pressurise them. And dare I say it, they'll have been desperately hoping that, that Aaron will have started kicking off and making himself a, a you know a real pain in the backside for Jukanovic behind the scenes. Uh, but, they're, you know, I think it's it, it, it looks as if the... Uh, you know that it's not waned, but I think the interest from Arsenal is uh, is beginning to wane. Good stuff, Danny Femi Sariki. That seems like a top move for a guy who who said he had some championship offers as well. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to touch on the Ramsdale thing, if that's all right. Just very quickly, I think Sheffield United deserve quite a bit of credit for that as well, because you know I think Sheffield United fans have been a little bit battle hardened by the fact that as soon as the interest in Ramsdale became apparent, you know, I think it was a case of oh well. That's him gone bye bye. You know, how much can we, you know, realistically see him leaving for? But the fact that United have stuck to the guns in the face of that pressure, you know, in the fact in in the past, I think there's a suspicion that they would have just rolled over and, you know, took the first offer that, that came in. But you know, stuck to the guns with that. Uh, you know, just kind of stood firm so far. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. In terms of Femi, um, yeah, he's a player that I really like. To be fair, I've seen quite a bit of the of the twenty threes. Uh, he absolutely loves loves bombing forward. You know, I think he was a winger by trade at, at Bury, which I think explains explains a lot. 
uh, and a player that really, if you were to, obviously the system may have changed now, but if you were to design a player to play right wing back in that 3-5-2 last season, he would have been would have been perfect for it. Uh, you know, obviously made his Premier League debut, signed his first pro contract, which so was obviously very highly thought of, quite rightly. Um, I think it's a good move just to get him out and, and play senior football as well, probably to experience uh, a different, you know, a different country, which I think will will uh, develop the person as much as much as the as the player, which is always important. Uh, different kind of way of life, different style of football, which will only make him a better player. Uh, and obviously, his his path, like many Sheffield United players, is that that's one area that they are really well stocked in, isn't it? A right wing back with uh, with Jaden and George, kind of battling it out for that shirt. So I think it's a it's a good move all around. Um, you know, the United's United. Um, the, I think they go about things a slightly different way to to a lot of clubs in terms of getting players out on loan. Um, you know, kind of bringing them through as a very young under twenty threes team. They almost have a, a first team. You know, backup players, almost a third squad out on loan at EFL clubs, and then the 23s, which is basically a you know an under 18 squad with a, a smattering of, of older players. So, uh, you know, I don't think he'll be the last to uh, to go out this season. You know, Daniel Jebison is one we spoke about earlier with the, the sheer number of strikers in front of him. Uh, you know, Zach Brunt maybe another one that um, you know I know they've had discussions about getting him out on loan. Again, as we said before, it all depends on, on players that come in. Um, I think it was quite refreshing to see Zach say that, you know, if there's a chance of him playing for Sheffield United this season, he's he's going nowhere. So, he, obviously, you know where his, where his priorities lie. Uh, it might just be a case of, you know, head versus heart a little bit. Um, you know, kind of head says maybe go out and, and play a few games. Heart says, you know, stay at Bramall Lane and, and try and challenge for that, for that first team spot. So... A lot depends on the, the business, I think. But um, yeah, uh, Femi to uh, to be a shot, I think, is a is a good move. Like I say, a different way of life, experiencing out there, play a few games, and uh, come back a, a far better player. Great stuff. We are running out of times, James. Quickly, is there any update on incomings? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Ronaldo Vieira was close. Ben Davis, they're going to have to buy. They'll they'll know what Liverpool want for for him. Uh, so those are two players that Ikanovic has made absolutely no secret of the fact that he wants. Uh, and again, everything that I've said, uh, I think, you know, Vieira's effectively done. There's a few little pieces that we'll be talking about in the paper that's uh, that's just held it up uh, a little bit. But in terms about Ben Davis, I think it's fair to say they'll have already done a deal with him because they, they were talking to him in January. So the player will know what he can what he can get at Sheffield United, and I'd have been absolutely amazed if those discussions didn't include what he was on in the, well, what he would be on in the Championship, given where Sheffield United were were at at the time. Uh, so everything that I've just said about Arsenal now and Ramsdale, flip that on its head for Sheffield United and Ben Davis. They know what Liverpool want, uh, or they will know. Uh, so if they want Ben, you're going to have to pay it. Final, final one then. Swansea, another stupid kickoff time. But how do you both see? Well, Danny, we'll start with you. How do you see that one going down? Tough game. You know, we'll we'll, stand, we'll probably sit here all season and, and say that, won't we? But it's you know a, a club that's reached. I think they've got in the playoffs the last couple of years. Obviously, last season, being playoff finalists. You know, it's one of the see, one of the teams that you look at and go, um, you know, can they go again? Uh, new manager. I think Oliver Burnley touched on this morning. 
different way of playing. So they might have the same kind of challenges that United are having at the minute of adapting to that. Uh, but like, like again, like Oli said this morning, I think it'll be two teams who want to play decent football, uh, you know, want to play the right way is what you said, you know, just no right and wrong way to play football, I suppose. But pleasingly on the eye, I think it'll be a good game in that respect. Um, I think it'll be a tough one. Um, if you if you ask me now, would you take a would you take a point on the road early on? I think I'd probably take that just to get the uh, the season up and running. James, what about you? Would you be a bit more ambitious than that? Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly you'd 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 rather have a win, wouldn't you? Uh, but I know exactly what where Danny's coming from. Yeah, uh, and I don't think a draw away at Swansea would be uh, would be a terrible result at all. I personally think Sheffield United will edge it. Uh, what type of game do I expect to see? I think you'll you'll do you know what I think it'll be a good game. I think as you know, it's two sides who like to try and be pleasing on the eye. Uh, obviously, the most type of pleasing on the eye football you can play is winning football, though I will say that. Uh, but I think it'll be two sides. Swansea have had a seat, uh, have had a summer from hell, haven't they? Sheffield United had a season from hell last year. Swansea have had the summer from hell. Uh, there'll be changes afoot there. So I think you'll two, see two sides knowing what they want to do, perhaps not quite being in a position yet to be able to do it. So I think it'll be a good game, but perhaps for, for slightly different reasons. I wouldn't be surprised to be seeing a, a few mistakes, missed chances, etc., etc. But I think Sheffield United can just edge it. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time, guys. We're three minutes over, but hopefully we won't get any trouble for that. Thanks to everyone for listening. And don't forget, you can get a sports subscription to the Star at the moment for just £1 a month. Go to the star.co.uk forward slash subscriptions and use the code KICKOFF21. Thanks for listening.